Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Hafey Digital Podcast, a show for creators, makers, and doers, where my goal is to help you make to the max. My name is Ryan Hafey, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about things that I wish clients knew when getting into a new video project with them, just like a client wish list, things that I wish they understood just to kind of make the process easier. Let's get into it. Right. Thank you for joining me today. Today is, uh, of course, Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, the game just ended, or at least it's in its final seconds there. Um, of course, you know, I, I didn't, I wanted to wait until the Super Bowl was completely done because who am I to take away from Super Bowl viewership? You know, I, it would be selfish of me to go live while the Super Bowl was still on and, and take away um, that exposure for them because I know that uh, we've got a lot of people that pay attention to this podcast and uh, this live stream and um, just wouldn't be right. Of course, I'm joking. Um, it looks like I've got maybe one person watching at the moment. Uh, so I don't think, uh, and I, I highly anticipate that no one will be tuning in to this podcast and that is perfectly fine with me. Um, it was expected, but it's Sunday and Sundays are the days that we do the podcast. So of course, we're going to start off with some updates uh, studio updates, no studio updates. I, I literally haven't done basically anything to the studio at all this week. Done a little bit of tinkering here and there, but um, I think I adjusted a little bit of the audio since last time. Played with it just before coming live this time around. Um, I noticed I was peaking a lot. My audio was peaking a lot in the last um, last episode, and uh, I wasn't sure if I had added some gain to my um, just some of the filters that I was using or if I just had myself potted up too high, or maybe I was getting a little too close to the mic, but I just noticed that there was definitely some clipping going on. It wasn't good. If you listen to the audio-only version, you probably got a uh, an unpleasant sub- surprise at the beginning of the episode, me just kind of a distorted voice yelling in your ear. But uh, I think we've got that dialed back in now, hopefully. So um, on t- other than that, oh, uh, I am working on... I know I said this like two episodes ago. I'm working on finishing up some um, animations, some little just on-screen animations. I've got ones like, hey, subscribe and, and follow me, blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, if you are watching this right now and you enjoy what's going on here, if you could hit that subscribe button, that would be fantastic. Um, and if you are an audio listener, thank you for listening. I hope that you are subscribed and you can subscribe to this podcast wherever your favorite podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. Go subscribe. It would uh, make me very happy. And in turn, that will encourage me to continue to do these things and share my endless endless wealth of knowledge <laughs> with all of you. Um, so yeah, I'm working on some animations. I've, I've got just some fine tuning to do. So hopefully by the next, by next week, I will have some little uh, cool little uh, After Effects animations popping up on the screen, or at least one. Um, so that, that'll be fun. Um, also, so last week, if uh, if you watched or tuned in last week, you may have noticed that I was in more of a somber mood than usual, and I definitely don't want this to affect the duration of this podcast. But uh, last Sunday, um, my dog passed away. Um, I was very emotional about it. Uh, 
when I talked about it last week. Um, it was very fresh. Uh, but the, the reason I wanted to do the podcast last week, which also happened to fall on the day that my dog passed away, was just because I, I didn't want to have to think about it. I wanted to get my mind off of it. It's really weird when a dog dies. You don't really think about the impact that they have on your life until they're gone. And maybe that's, you know, I haven't had anyone close to me in my life pass away recently. Um, thank God. Um, uh, but you know, my dog passed away and you think of just a dog as a pet. Um, but then when they're gone, you realize, wow, they, you know, all the little things, basically he was a part of my entire home life, right? Like any, anytime I was home, any room I was in, he would be around. If I was in my office here, um, you know, every 15 minutes or so he would come in just to come in and kind of wag his tail and say hi and check on me. And then he would go away just to make sure I was cool. Uh, he'd follow me around the house. Anytime I would be, you know, roughhousing or playing around with the kids or with my wife, he would kind of jump in and sort of almost like break us up, be kind of like a moderator, just like he would just wanted everybody to be happy. Um, and he was that kind of dog and he was a great dog and, uh, I will miss him dearly. Um, and, and one of the things that we've noticed since he's been gone is there was, there's just this presence in the house that obviously is, is no longer here. He was kind of our guard dog. He was a boxer pit bull. He was uh, about 65 pounds, but he could definitely look intimidating. He had an underbite. He had two big fangs popping out of the, you know, out of his mouth every now and then when his lip would kind of get stuck behind his teeth. And um, we don't have that, that presence here anymore. Um, and we thought about it and, and, and actually an opportunity came up to um, adopt a dog and we wanted to get a large breed dog because we have two other dogs that are, one's a, um, a pug and another is a chewini, a chihuahua wiener dog, like dachshund. Um, so uh, my wife, I guess, randomly found a uh, uh, something on in, uh, Instagram. There's a local breeder of Cane Corsos, which is like an Italian Mastiff breed. I've always wanted a mastiff uh or 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 a great dane something to that effect um and uh we did some research we looked into them we talked to the uh the breeders and actually the breeders were very very quick to respond and, and answered all of our questions which is great um and today we went out to see the litter that they had they have eight male pups we're looking at uh, males we want to do puppies um especially i think with large breed dogs um and especially with connie corsos who uh are very loyal. So what the, the, one of the breeders was saying that, you know, if you, if you, uh, if your dog is running around in the backyard and it's under six months old and someone sees it and says, Oh, I'm going to pick you up and take you with me and just steal your dog. Your dog's not going to have much of a problem transitioning over to this new owner. But if it's like around six months, it's kind of the turning point where they become super loyal and they're now part of your family and everyone else who's a stranger is now a threat. So um, we wanted to get, if we were going to get this breed, we wanted to get a puppy. We understand there's going to be a lot of work involved um, initially, and we understand that he's going to get very big, about 120 pounds, but um, I think we're up for it. We really miss that presence in the house. Um, and, um, you know, having a dog like this is just going to be good to have around, but also that extra layer of security. So today we put a deposit down on a Connie Corso. And on February 15th, we will be able to go pick the one that we want from a litter of, uh, I believe there will be six that we'll have to choose from. And then on February 25th, we will be able to bring our little guy home. And uh, we have some names. One of them is Jax Maximus. 
that's my personal favorite. Um, the dogs that we have to choose from, I think, are either black or brindle. Um, and they're going to be big and masculine and, and powerful. Um, so Jax kind of popped into my head. If you, if, you know, the original inspiration is from Mortal Kombat. Um, if you remember Jax with like the metal arms. Um, I just thought it was kind of a cool name. And, and uh, Maximus, um, my parents have a dog named Maximus. Well, they call him Max. But uh, it's kind of a nod to them. Also kind of a nod to, you know, we, we make fun of, not make fun of, but my son, his name is Bryce Edward. Um, but we always say, you know what, Bryce, we should have named you Brysimus Maximus. And so that name Maximus is always just kind of stuck in our heads. So figured we would uh, we'd go with that. So that's, that's kind of the front runner for right now. And hopefully uh, in the next few weeks, I will be able to show him off to all of you. So very excited about that. Um, and then, so obviously the Super Bowl was today. Uh, originally, I was going to do an episode dedicated to like the Super Bowl ads and just kind of talk through them and review some of them. Um, but problem is, I'm just I'm just not a big football guy. I, I'm not a big sports guy in general. I know I work in boxing, which is sort of weird. I, I also played hockey growing up. I played baseball growing up. But I was the kind of person who really liked playing the sports but didn't like, I didn't pay a, a lot of attention on the side. I was more just interested in going outside and playing or making stuff or, you know, whatever. I just, I just wasn't a huge, um, sports guy. I could play sports and, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm relatively athletic now, at least from a strength perspective. I do a lot of strength training. I work out a lot. I don't play, I don't really play any sports though, but yeah, I just, I just never, so I, but I tried to watch the, the game and I watched a little bit of it here and there. Obviously the uh, spoiler alert, the Kansas City Chiefs won. Um, they pulled it out in the end, which is which is pretty cool. And um, but I I kept just not I didn't have the attention span to sit down and watch the game for however long. So I was in and out coming into the the studio here and tinkering with some things or um, doing laundry, stuff like that. I just I, I it's hard for me these days to just sit and watch something without like getting out my phone or, or wanting to get up and do something. But congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, I, I hope uh, they have a good, fun celebration. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just going to move on from that. But yeah, Super Bowl ads, I didn't really see any. Um, the, the, the few that I saw, nothing really popped or stuck out to me. They were all just, you know, kind of your standard Super Bowl ads from what I could tell. Um, maybe I'll dive into them a little bit this week and we can talk about them next week anyway so with those updates out of the way those little tidbits let's get into the topic at hand i'm i'm i really have no use for this camera angle today um this is the top down camera angle i just feel like i have a need to use it since it's there so um there you go we're going to talk about clients and things i wish they knew before starting a video project apologize to the audio oh no i dropped a free-range chicken anyway let's go back to this view so um yeah so things i wish clients knew so this is basically if any of you out there have ever worked with clients in the past you'll know that there are certain things that um they just they're just kind of oblivious about now i want to i want to throw out a disclaimer and say that Yes, I do some some work on the side uh, with freelancers. I do technically own an LLC, which is just my small production business. 
Um, but it's really just me. I mean, I've worked for agencies in the past and worked for clients in that respect. Um, but I'm no expert in client relations. I'm no expert in, in, you know, um, price negotiations or, um, sales or anything like that. A lot of the work that I get is primarily word of mouth. Um, so a lot of times I work with people that I know, or I work through people that I know. So it makes the process a little bit easier, easier. Nevertheless, there are still a number of things that, um, I have, uh, experience throughout my time working with clients that they're, they're recurring things and just simple things that, you know, if like, if clients would have this information, the process would go a lot faster. So if you, if you are a freelancer or if you own your own business and you work with clients on a regular basis, a lot of this may seem very relatable. And, uh, if you are a client who, um, or if you are someone who typically hires like a video creator, graphic designer, photographer, then pay attention, you know, because you might, there might be a few things in here that uh, could help you uh, have a better, um, have better, have some better communication with your clients. And so I may be focusing primarily on video stuff, but this applies to whether you're um, doing video work, photography, design work. In a lot of cases, it all kind of goes together. But I think the first big point to hit on as far as working with clients is, I think when, there's, there's this sort of expectation that I get from clients at times where it's like, I'm going to handle everything, meaning that the client can come in and just say, oh yeah, you know, this is kind of what we want. Here you go. And then they just are, they're just hands off for the most part until it's done. Um, but just like, you know, when, uh, I thought I had a good example there and it turned out I didn't have a good example, but long story short, just like I'm making a product or I'm making a video for you, which means that I, there needs to be some back and forth. I'm going, there's going to be some things that I'm going to need from you, whether it's some direction as far as the tone that you're looking for, whether it's, um, you know, certain imagery or logos or fonts, which we're all going to talk about that in a little bit, but, um, it's not something that you can just say, Hey, here's what I want. Go have at it. Let me know when it's done. It requires some client involvement, period. There's, there's no way that I can do my job 100% without having some sort of um, back and forth relationship with the client. So um, the client needs to be involved. Um, also, sort of in that same vein, I wish clients would just read the contracts. Anytime I do any client work, I send over a contract. I intentionally try to keep the contract short. Some people will do like one page contracts, which is super slim pickings. For me, I, I have a two-page contract that says kind of the standard basic information, but there's certain information in there that is, uh, it's important to know because, for example, revisions, and I, I have to read it over again, but I think I, I think I allow for one full round of revisions before, you know, we start charging. Um, and the goal with that, and I'm very easy by the way. So if, if there are little tweaks here and there versus big revisions, I'm, I'm usually happy to do the little tweaks, even if it goes beyond the first revision for no, no extra charge. And some people might say I'm crazy for that, whatever, don't care. That's just kind of how I do things. I like to uh, over deliver when I can, but, um, like with revisions, if you're not, if you don't read that in the contract and then you're sending me back big revision after big revision after big revision, 
And then I come back and say, okay, that's great. Just so you know, um, these additional revisions are gonna are gonna cost extra. Uh, and then you know there've been times where clients are like, oh, you know, wait a minute, hold on. It's like, well, it's clearly written in, in the contract. And yes, you could make the argument that, you know, it's my job to explain that to the client. I would, and to that, I would say, yeah, you're probably right. Excuse me. But um, at the end of the day, that's what contracts are for, right? And I intentionally make them short. So that hopefully you can, at the very least, just breeze through them. You know, I like to think that the contract I provide is is simple enough to just be able to kind of read through it. It's in relative layman's terms. and um, But there's information in there that you're like, okay, this is what we can do. This is what we should stay away from. It, but also, like, the revisions things, again, it's, it, it entices the client to be a little bit more prepared. And to, you know, if I send over a draft, watch through it and take some good notes and provide a you know, a list of revisions that will kind of encompass everything that you're looking for so that, you know, we don't have to go through this, this game of, okay, I'll, I'll do these next round of revisions, but this one's on you, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, read the contract, please. It'd be great. Another one that, uh, I've commiserated on a few different occasions with, uh, especially with some design friends, uh, is when it comes to images and logos. There'll be times when I'll do a video project and that video project may have some images that fly in um, there. You know, sometimes they'll, they'll, you know, I'll say, Hey, can you send me any uh, imagery that you have of your food items or whatever it is the video is about and uh, or, or just, you know, item or whatever it could, they could be generic images, whatever it is. And there'll be times when they'll send over images from Google and say, Oh, can we use this? It's like, no, you, you can't use that. Um, you know, clients don't always often know what the usage rights are around images and, you know, those types of things. So they just say, oh, just do a quick Google search. It'll be fine. And, uh, that's just, that's not, that's not how it works. So, um, but also related to images and specifically logos, this is probably my favorite. It's when you reach out to a client and say, Hey, um, please do me a favor and send me any logos or send me a high res version of your logo. Now, if you've done any client work in the past, what, what, how often do you just get back like a, like a 200 by 200 JPEG low resolution logo? And they say, here you go. As if that's like something that you're supposed to work with. Like it, it, every, it, it boggles my mind every time I, I, and again, I'm, maybe I'm just being a little pretentious and, and, you know, whatever. Um, but I would think that th in this day and age, if you're a company who is interested in, you know, creating these types of assets, if you, ha if you have any marketing presence at all, if you've ever posted anything to social media, if you've ever had someone make like a pamphlet or some, some piece of creative for you, chances are you've had to send over some sort of high res logo or image. And, you know, at the very least, I ask for like, say a trans, you know, a high resolution PNG with a trans transparent background. Sometimes that's a little bit more, that's easier for clients to understand versus saying, Hey, can you send me, you know, an illustrator file or a vector file or an EPS or whatever of your logo? So I say, what, what does that mean? So, but, <laughs> so if, if I ever ask, or if, 
if you're a client or if you're, if you're someone who hires clients and someone asks you, can you please send me a, uh, um, send me your logo. If you were to send someone an uh, Adobe Illustrator file or some sort of vector file or some very large high resolution PNG, that's what we're looking for. We don't want this tiny little low res JPEG image. That's not going to help us. Just, and it'll save some time having to go back and forth explaining what that's for. So just something to keep in mind. Um, fonts. Fonts is another big thing. A, a lot of companies um, do or probably should have some kind of brand Bible, um, which by the way, that in and of itself is, is handy to have if you are creating a video or doing some photography or whatever for a client to know, you know, uh, for example, I did, um, I received a brand Bible for one client that I did some food photography for and they, they, it was, it was great because it says, these are the different angles that we like to use. These are the different types of background styles, you know, lighting suggestions and, and just, um, tone, uh, suggestions and recommendations. And that was super helpful because for me, it's like, okay, I don't have to go back and forth with them anymore necessarily about what sort of tone and, and vibe that they're looking for, because I know, because it's all right here in this brand Bible. Um, but you know, for example, in, in a lot of video work that I do, there may be some text that needs to go in, maybe a little call to action at the end of the video or something that, you know, little things that pop up here and there. And it's important if, to, if you want to maintain a consistent brand presence, you want to have fonts that, that, you know, brand uses on a, you know, consistently. So, um, what, what doesn't help is if I send an email, say, Hey, would you mind sending me over, um, some, uh, fonts, the fonts that you use for whatever, you know, that you typically use for your, your brand. And then they just send over the names of the fonts or they send over uh, something like this might look, or they send over just, you know, just use whatever. And that's, that's even worse because then it puts the pressure on you, the, the, the freelancer to go and look for a font that might work best. Their TTF files, I think it's usually TTF files. Those are font files. Um, if it's a font that's readily available to the public, okay, just tell me what it is and, and I can find it. But if it's like a, if it's a specific font and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's not super ubiquitous and it's a little difficult to find or it's, or it's a custom font, whatever, I need the font files if, if that's what you want included in your final piece. So fonts, understand what fonts are understand what the where to find the font files send them to me here we go we're off to the races um on the video side specifically uh video specs by the way for some reason and i'm a little afraid to refresh this but it says unable to connect to chat check this out let's see we'll go oh boop. yeah so i don't know why but it says it's unable to connect to the chat. So if you are in the chat and I can't see it, I apologize. I wonder if I can, hold on. Great pod right here. Let's see, I'm gonna pull it up on my phone and see if anybody's in there. Nope. The only comment that was on there is a comment that I left to let people know that I would be late because of the Super Bowl. Anyway, all right. So if you're if you're watching and you're putting anything in the chat, I apologize that uh, I can't see it at the moment. Let's go back to this view. Perfect. Uh, next, video. So as far as videos go, 
if I'm pre- if I'm creating some sort of social media content for you, I mean, my background is kind of in social digital. That's sort of one of my selling points of of the work that I do is that uh, you know I'm aware of what sizes are going to work best on the different channels. You know, 16 by 9 or 1920 by 1080 is kind of like the standard HD um, resolution that you're looking for. If you're doing video for, um, excuse me, like uh, Instagram or Facebook, sometimes square videos or four by five uh, resolution or aspect ratio is going to be best because it takes up more res- or more um, real estate on the screen as you're flipping through on your phone. That's actually a good topic for another podcast, just kind of optimizing content for social media. Um, but if that's what I'm making for you, if I'm making that type of content, then I'm good. I don't, I don't need to know what you need as far as specs and frame rates and all that. But, you know, there's been times when I've, I've produced a couple radio, um, or, um, TV, I've produced one or two TV commercials and broadcast, um, regulations as far as how the video needs to be exported and audio levels and saturation levels and colors. Like there's a lot of things that you have to consider, um, and there's a lot of different export settings that are different than if you were just exporting, say, something for social media. And it's um, it's going to take extra time for both of us if I have to keep going back and forth and saying, okay, we're looking good. What are the final video specs? It, and there's been other times, too, when I've done, like, display screens, like outside of, you know, I did, I did a couple that were in casinos or um, in and out of casinos and just on different display screens at restaurants, whatever. Those uh, will often be super tall. Um, they might just have completely wonky um, aspect ratios. The resolution might be lower because you know you're kind of using one of these big giant screens where you don't necessarily kind of like a billboard. You don't have to print super high resolution billboards because they're so far away, so you can get away with lower DPIs on on billboards and things like that. Um, but yeah, just let me know. What's the video going to be used for and what, what are the specs and what are some of the export settings that I need to keep in mind? Because what can be really annoying is if it's like, oh, yeah, just a regular standard high definition, you know, whatever. And then you get through, you finish the project. It's all done, ready to go. And you send it over to them. Oh, yeah, by the way, um, this isn't going to fit the screens. This is, we need something different. This is what we need. It's like, ugh. Oh, it's so frustrating. You know, a little sidebar, <laughs> I, I worked at an agency for about eight months, um, and uh, it was that time at the agency that sort of made me realize that agency life isn't for me, which is a little ironic considering that, um, you know, everything that I do through Hayfee Digital is essentially, it's agency work. I'm working with clients and, and creating um, video assets, sometimes doing some photography for them. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean... I think that's, I, di- I, I didn't say it initially, but I think that's part of the reason why I'm I'm pulling back a little bit on client work in uh, 2020, just because it's, it's, it can be exhausting. And um, it's, it's just not something that I necessarily, I, what I did say was that I want to have more of an opportunity to work on the projects that I want to work on. Um, you know, I want to turn down some of these smaller projects, keep knocking over my free range chicken. Um, but I, I want to be able to work on more projects that I'm interested in and be able to turn down some of these smaller projects that just, you know, I, I'm, I just don't have a whole lot of interest in interest in, um, anyway, that's sort of my sidebar on, uh, 
on um, working at agencies. Uh, export settings, that kind of goes along with video specs and stuff like that. Like, you know, you need to tell me up front if, do you want, uh, is it, uh, you, do you want an HD video, 1920 by 1080 resolution, or are you looking for something like, you know, that's in 4K, super high definition? Um, just having an idea. And again, going back to the, what I said earlier, I know that's partially my responsibility. It's a big part of my responsibility is to uncover some of those answers. Um, but there, there are sometimes when you just, when you'll ask clients, like, you know, just whatever you think, whatever you think will work, whatever you think. And those clients could be okay to work with um, in some scenarios if they're very open and, and trusting of you. And that's actually my next point is trust. If they're very open and trusting of you um, and they say, you know what, just do your thing um, within these few parameters and you're off to the races. And that's, that can be fine. But if, it's, if, if they make it seem like they don't know what they want and then you give them something based on the knowledge that you have and then they say, oh, don't, no, this isn't going to work, then it's a problem. It's like, okay, well. The, you, you know, you didn't give me much to work with, so here you go. Uh, so it can get a little frustrating. I know this sounds like a event session, and it, I guess it kind of is. But um, yeah, like I said, if you've done any freelance stuff at any time, you understand what uh, what I'm talking about here. This is probably very relatable. Uh, but yeah, trust. Somebody um, phrased it like this to me one time, and it's it's a great. Uh, I think it's a great metaphor metaphor for it. If you go to your doctor or your dentist or, you know, your auto mechanic, whoever, you go to them and you say, hey, here's my car, here's my teeth, here's my health, make, make it all better. And then they'll, they'll diagnose it and they'll, they'll tell you. And you don't say, you don't question your doctor. You're like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think I have gout. No, no, I think I have pancreatic cancer. <laughs> I don't know. This is two completely different things. But um, you know, you, you trust your doctor, you trust your dentist, you trust your mechanic. I, I guess I just don't understand. Like if, if you, if you hired me, uh, based on the work that I do, you would think that you would trust me now. Of course I understand I, I, if, if there's something that I suggest that you're like, Oh, you know, we can't use the color blue because of X, Y, Z. That's 100%. That's, that's definitely a good call. For, that's something good for you to say. Um, but if you're going to give me free reign to do whatever, and then you're going to come back at the end and say, no, this is completely not what we're looking for, um, then that's a lack of trust. If you're going to give trust, then you have to just, just trust me. I obviously know more than you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't have hired me to do this. You would have done it yourself. Um, so having that trust is key. Um, be specific. And we've kind of talked about this throughout all of these different points. But yeah, just be specific and tell me what you want. Um, it's just as difficult um, for you to come up with a list of things. Maybe I'm phrasing that incorrectly. Let's, let's put it a different way. It's if, if you don't know what you want, then again, it puts it all on me. And then... I have to figure, I have to read your mind, 
Versus if you're specific and you and you say if you at the very least come into an agreement and say, hey, here's here's a list of things that we really want. That would that would be amazing. If I came to a client like on the first day and we started talking about, hey, you know, what's what's the kind of tone you're looking for? How many pieces of content you're looking? What's the what's the goal? What's the call to action here? What are you trying to accomplish uh, as a result of of these video pieces or this photography? The, those the clients who can come to me with a very clear set of expectations and specifics those are my favorites um i i may know that they're going to be sticklers as we start working together but at least i know what they want and i can stay within that lane um so you need to be specific unless you're willing to relinquish creative control now actually in my contracts um, I do specify that I have final creative control. Basically, I say something along the lines of, I'm more than happy to accept your suggestions and recommendations, but ultimately, I have creative control of this project. Um, there has been one or two times where people will um, fight me, fight back a little bit on that and say, well, no, we're not going to let you have that. It's, that's, uh, you know, we want to have creative control. Um, and again, if, if, if it's a client who knows what they want and they're very clear and specific, then I may concede a little bit and say, okay, fine, we'll, we'll do what you want to do. Um, but giving up creative control can potentially have an impact on me as far as the work that I do. Like the last thing I want to do is create something for a client that I wouldn't be proud showing someone else because that's a direct reflection on me. Which I think is probably the number one best reason why you know the the um, the videographer or the video producer or the photographer or whatever should maintain that creative control. If you hired me, you hired me because of the work that I do and my my creative prowess. I guess you can say. Um, so yeah, let me have that creative control. Uh, and. If you're not going to let me have that creative control, then you better know exactly what you want. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say on on that on that note? By the way, how long have I been doing this now? Oh, we're at the 35 minute mark. Okay, that's good, good timing because this is my last point. Um, yeah, creative control. Again, all these things kind of go together. Creative control goes back to trust. It goes back to being specific. Um, so unless you know what you want, just let me have that creative control, man. Just let me do it because I'll, I'll give you something that, that you like. And if you don't like it, well, then maybe we weren't the right fit from the, from the beginning anyway. So anyway, yeah, those, that's my list. That's my laundry list of things that, uh, you know, if we could work with clients that kind of had all those things in check, man, life would be a lot better. There was, I remember when I worked at the agency, uh, there were a number of clients that were very difficult to work with, but there was one client, and it was actually a, um, a, a local city here in Nevada. Um, they were the best client. They were amazing. And um, at this agency, I did uh, social media marketing. I didn't do anything with video or, or, or anything like that. I just did uh, all social media um, marketing. And, you know, one of the things I would do is create content calendars and things like that for them. And... I can't remember a time with this particular client where I sent over a content calendar for a month and they said, no, this isn't going to work. Change this, change that. Every single time I'd send it over, they were super happy. Like, yeah, this is great. This is great. Now that could be a double-edged sword too, because 
if you never get feedback from a client one way or the other, whether it's good or bad, I mean, every now and then you want, I know this is counterintuitive to a lot of what I just said, but every now and then you want a client to come back and say, especially if it's a recurring relationship, but every now and then you want them to come back and say, oh, you know, maybe we don't try that this time. Maybe we try something else. Because if they just tell you every single time, oh, I love it, I love it, I love it, I think the natural tendency is to just get a little complacent and to um, just kind of mail it in a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think that I didn't do that with this client. But the, the lady that I dealt with was super nice. Um, she was always very, always very appreciative of the work that uh, I did and that the agency did. So it was a great working relationship and she was always happy. So fantastic. But yeah, I get, I guess at the end of the day, it's all, it's all delicate balance. Um, but I hope in the future to no offense to any clients out there, but, uh, to, to get away from client work a little bit, because in the end it's, it's just not, uh, it's just not what makes me happy. I like doing this. I like talking to all one of you. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's why I'm doing this. And I, I don't really care at this point if anybody's listening because I'm going to keep on talking because this is fun for me. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is a lot of fun because I just get to tinker and play with all my toys. Like these are my toys, you know, even it's like, <clears throat> there it is. Hey, I had to pull that second camera angle in for a little bit just to give it some love because it's just sitting up there doing nothing. My little. RX 100 Mark V. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, the last few episodes, especially the last episode, have been a little um, mundane. Again, just my my mindset was a little off, but I feel like I'm back now. I feel like I'm I'm good. I'm happy. I'm excited, and uh, I'm ready to do some things. I'm I've got my last couple of client projects are wrapping up. I'm actually working on a video um, for my main channel, which is just Ryan Hafey. Um, and it will be, uh, a, a tour of this podcast studio here. So basically, you know, I know I've talked about it here on this podcast, but the, the, um, podcast tour, podcast studio tour video will be specifically what cameras am I using? What microphones am I using? What, um, audio am I using? You know, what different tools am I using and how do they all work together? What software and what plugs into what? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So that hopefully anybody out there who is interested in starting a podcast and doing any kind of live streaming in this sort of format can do that and understand kind of what it takes to be able to do that. So that should be a fun one. I'm I'm piecing that one together, and then outside of that, I want to do a lot of challenges. I want to um, I want to create challenges for myself. I think I've talked about it before, but for example, um, drone hyperlapse. I want to do a day to night moving drone hyperlapse of some kind and i have kind of an idea in my mind but you know a lot of a lot of youtube content especially around like tutorials it's it's people like okay step one this is what you do step two this is what you do um but i find a lot more value for me personally in watching someone figure out how to do something and kind of go through the process and figure out the um you know learn their mistakes uh, learn from their mistakes and, and kind of see what to do and what not to do versus step one, step two, step three, step four. I know exactly what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Cause I don't know what I'm doing all the time. 
Um, but part of doing these challenges is is to kind of uh, be a little bit vulnerable, but also learn new skills and and just ultimately to have fun with it. So that's my plan, and I'm getting there. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that soon. But for, until then, thank you so much for paying attention to me. Um, I just I, I really have a lot of fun with this, and uh, I want to continue doing it. And I don't care who listens because. Uh, this is like this is like my thing now. I look forward to this every week, uh, and that, and I wasn't in this in, the, in this space, this headspace for a while. I was getting um, just sort of not burnout. Burnout's not the word. I think it was just kind of getting a little bored with regular video production. I felt like I was trying too hard to uh, make videos like you know the other big creators out there, and I don't I don't want to do that anymore. Like I want to just be able to make stuff. Like I, I want to be able to make stuff for you guys. But I want to be able to make it for me, and I want it to be fun for me because if it's not, then I'm not going to continue to do it, period. It's just not going to happen. That's just kind of the person I am. I have a hard time forcing myself through things. So anyway, that's that's the story. Again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe. Um, would love for anyone listening to uh, go out there and give this podcast a review on Apple Podcasts. It could be good or bad. I really don't care at this point. Uh, just go out there and... Say, let me know what you think because feedback is awesome. Feedback is going to help me get better and feedback will hopefully make this uh, podcast a little bit better. But anyway, I think that's my time for today. been doing this for uh, about 40 minutes or so and I think that's a, that's a good place to stop. So anyway, thank you again for watching and listening and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.